and welcome. Welcome to Trucking Answers, or welcome back. If you've been here before, I appreciate it. Tell your friends. I'm here with my co-host, Gracie, who is awake and looking at me, ready to join in the conversation at, at any minute. All right, Gracie? All right, Grace. She just walked away. All right, she'll be back. So, this is Trucking Answers, the podcast that other podcasts listen to to decide what they are going to say. They're like, what should we do? Let's go listen to Mark. All right, so today we're going to have some trucking news that you have written to me. Many astute viewers have written to me about. We are going to have some automotive news, which is going to include some Harley-Davidson news. So we're going to go two-wheeling today on on that. And we're going to have yet another reason why we don't live on Mars. Do you know why we don't live on Mars? Well, I'm going to tell you why we don't live on Mars. Because there's a bunch of dumb, stupid, idiot people here that do things with cheese products and other reasons that they are dumb that we have to waste our money with, <laughs> okay? And uh, we have to either provide them sandwiches or living quarters or whatever it is because they're idiots, all right? And uh, so that could be one of the reasons. Weather today on Mars, by the way, high of 32 and a low of minus 189. So uh, it's going to be a chilly night tonight. You may want to get the old coat out and plug your car in. So that weather provided by NASA. All right, so uh, Curiosity provides the weather every day up there on Mars, and uh, NASA conveniently provides that to us, so we give you the latest weather updates on Mars right here. What other trucking podcast gives you weather on other planets? None. None. That's what I say. So, look, I want to tell you here, a number of astute viewers sent this to me, and they go, look, Mark, look at, look at this. Can you believe this? And what is this? Well, you can't see it because you only get this through your ear holes. But if you could see it, what you would be looking at through other holes is this. A truck driving student has sent a picture in, and it was in the news, of his instructor who's sleeping in the seat next to him. And also not buckled in, by the way, which was not mentioned in there. But he was not buckled in and he's sleeping. Now, this person is at a truck school. Okay. And uh, he's all mad about it, of course, as you can imagine. And people were sending it to me, Mark, look at this. Hey, listen up, folks. This happens every day in trucking. What? Yeah, many large carriers. I would say the majority of large carriers that accept students allow the trainer to sleep. Now, they don't get to sleep in the seat. They get to sleep in the sleeper. How is that different? Okay. Oh, you're thinking, oh, wait a minute. You're right. Yeah. How is that different? It isn't. If you go somewhere, and and you, this is one of the questions you should ask if you are looking to get to truck school or go to a carrier. Hey, do you allow the trainer to sleep while I'm driving? If the answer is yes, you should not work there. Okay, it's just as simple as that. You, because you're not going to get any training while the trainer is sleeping. That's what people are telling me about this picture at the truck school. Mark, this guy's not getting any training and in fact failed his test. I don't know if it's because of that. Who knows? That certainly doesn't help. But if your trainer is allowed to sleep, you're just there to be used to double the miles of the truck. All right. And many of these carriers allow uh, owner operators, which I have in air quotes. Okay. Because you're just leasing the truck from the carrier paying their truck payment. Um. And what they do then, that owner-operator gets to double his money, can use that student to make his truck payment and all that other kind of stuff. Makes it a lot easier for them. Now, do all carriers do this? No. There are some carriers where the trainer is up the whole time. All right, Keller's one that comes to mind. Okay, that'd be a way better place to go get training. 
because you're actually getting training. (laughs) Then your questions are how much experience is my trainer going to have, that kind of thing. But hey, at least we can have somebody awake. (laughs) At least we want the person to be awake. That's why this picture, although shocked many people, it shocked the consciousness of America, apparently. It doesn't shock me because this goes on every day and nobody says that. Hey, Mark, what about Prime that does this? Or what about, you know, these other carriers that do this all the time? Yeah. What about it? Why is it allowed at all is my question. If you are truly a student, if the company itself thinks you are a student and you you are not you know, you don't have the qualifications, whatever those are at that company to drive the truck by yourself. What the heck are they allowing the trainer to sleep for? Why are they there? All right. So that's the thing. This happens constantly right now. As we speak, as this podcast goes out to the millions and millions of listeners, each uh, podcast uh, in countries around the world and on other planets, there are probably thousands if not tens of thousands of students right now their trainer is sleeping okay sleeping while they are driving it is happening constantly i don't like it it shouldn't be allowed it shouldn't be legal because if you're a student then you should have to have that trainer up the company's argument is well they have their license they can drive well then let them drive then if they don't need a trainer then let them drive why they got to have a trainer why you got to be like that okay let them drive so you can't have that both ways. If they have their license, the company's argument, well, they have their license, well, then let them drive. If they're not ready to drive, then the trainer needs to be up. Up meaning in the passenger seat. Okay, well, the truck is rolling. Simple as that. So that was uh, that was the thing about that. So more astute viewers sent this in that said, hey, viewers, and I say that because I have a YouTube channel also. Go, uh, go head out over there, Trucking Answers on YouTube. So... Walmart is going to start using, in Canada, eh? That's pretty good. You can't hardly tell I'm not Canadian, eh? They're going to start using a 60-foot multi-temp trailer in Canada. And people, of course, were upset about this because, oh, what are we going to get paid or whatever? Okay, people were upset when 53-foot trailers came in as well. I was around for that revolution when we switched over from 40 to 53-foot trailers. And, yeah, they were longer, so now in Canada, Walmart is going to use even bigger trailers. And the question always is, are we going to get paid extra to haul this extra freight? It depends. You know what it depends on? If you're willing to just sit back and take it, then no, you're not going to get paid extra. You're just going to do what you're told. Okay? It's as simple as that. If everybody stood up and said, hey, more freight, you're making more, I need to make more, or I ain't doing it, then you'd get paid for it. That's why you don't get paid for it. That's why we didn't get paid at 53-footers. And that's why we didn't get paid, won't get paid at 60-footers. Okay? Simple. Pretty simple. Uh, you know, just as easy as that. So if, if people would just stand up and say, hey, you know, the company's making more. They're able to put extra pallets on here. They're, so it's saving them a lot of money. Is any of that going to trickle down? Well, we'll see. So far, Walmart has not said they're going to pay anybody anything extra because you know why? They don't have to. People will just do whatever they're told. That's the, what the country's come to. You just do what you're told and shut up and uh, don't don't ask any questions and just be, a, you know, a sheep and go right along with everything. So, yeah, absolutely. Are you going to get paid? No, probably not. Probably not because you're just going to do it. 
right? When it went 45 to 48. I'm sure when it went from whatever it was before that, from 22 to 29 feet, right? Nobody does anything about it. You want to get paid, but you're unwilling to do anything about it. You're unwilling to take any kind of risk to even stand up and say anything like, hey, we should be paid nothing. So when you do nothing, uh, you get nothing. So that's exactly what will happen. Will you get paid extra? No. You will not. They're legal apparently in some parts of Canada, so Walmart's going to use them to save more money. And so you'll in your store you'll be able to look out for falling prices. But what will happen is you will not get any more money for it. It's just as simple as that. And here's the same kind of thing. What in Boston, right? Boston. Hey, your friend from Boston. They're uh, picketing for more money in Boston. Truckers picketed demand a payment of hours spent waiting. Yeah, should you get paid for waiting? Well, these are owner-operators, so I don't know about that. Be why? Because you're independent. You're running your own business. It says a dozen, well, a whole dozen people, independent truck drivers protested to get uh, paid. Here's the thing. What does your contract say? When you're an independent business owner, okay, you don't get to have the rights of an employee. <laughs> So as an independent business owner, I would ask you, I'd go, all right, what does your contract say? Do you get paid for this or not? No, it's not in my contract. Exactly. Then you don't get paid for it. Don't sign a contract that you don't think makes you enough money. Okay. Your contract should always specify in there something to the effect of after so many minutes or whatever, you're going to have to start paying me because you're delaying my equipment. Well, Mark, they'll never sign that or I can't do that. Okay. Okay. He don't go there. Do we not understand how this works yet? Everybody wants, uh, people, especially these independent contractors up there, want all the benefits of as an employee and don't want to be employees. Now, if you're an employee sitting in line, should you get paid? Absolutely. Absolutely, you should get paid. There's no not getting paid as an employee. You should get paid. If you're an employee sitting around not being paid, I, you know, I don't understand it. I don't get it. You should get paid for all of your time. And it's up to the employer whether it's a person who owns the one truck you drive or it's a company that owns 10,000 trucks and you drive one of them. That's up to them to figure out how they get paid from anybody else. So, But when you're independent, I would say exactly what does your contract say. This person says, I feel that all hours worked and all hours should be paid because my truck is still running. I'm burning fuel. My time is cost. Nice. I'm trying to operate a business. Well, you're not very good at it because you should have a contract that specifies what you get paid. And I will tell you this, they probably do. And it's likely that waiting time is either not listed or doesn't pay anything or they'd be getting paid, right? Right. Well, don't sign up for that kind of deal. Okay. Do not sign up for that deal. You know, the problem I have with drivers a lot of times is they'll sign up for something and then, then they don't like it. Oh, but I don't like this. I'm not getting paid. But you agreed to not get paid. All right. I don't know why. I wouldn't do that. Hey, you're going to have to sit all day and not get paid. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to work somewhere else. So I'm going to take my truck somewhere else. See, I wouldn't do it. But when people do it and then they're like, oh, it's costing lot, whatever this means. It's costing losses for me and my family, whatever that is. My family of five kids. All right. Apparently you got some free time. My household. Okay. Said another independent truck driver who has a hyphenated last name so i never trust anybody like that <laughs> i love my job i love what i do but i really don't like coming to the ports because of the long waits that are free you know i'm working for free why do you continue to work for free do you know this what i always say you can sit at home and not get paid anything stop 
doing it. Okay, just stop doing it. I just don't understand why people continue to do it. They don't have enough people to get us trucks out of here. Well, why? You'll sit there for free. You will already sit there for nothing. I understand it from their side of it. Hey, you know what? We can get these idiot drivers to come in and work for nothing. Let's do it. Yeah, no way. And they're like, no way. Those drivers won't do that. Oh, yes, they will. <clears throat> you watch. They'll come and sit here for free. They'll gripe a little bit, but they will sit for free, and we'll get more and more people to do it. Okay, and so, yeah, that's right, Johnson. What happens? They do it. Okay, they do it. So it's simple as that. And this, the drivers are like, come to the table, negotiate an agreement. You already have an agreement. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm not, if on the business side, I'm not negotiating anything more with you. All right, you agreed to this. So your answer, right, what do you do as the driver? Stop doing it. Don't go. When a company says you have to come in for free, we're not going to pay you anything. Why do you continue to go to that place of business? Whether you're an independent contractor uh, like these people or an employee. Hey, all these hours are free. No, no, they're not free. All right. So that's as simple as that. So the reason you're not getting paid is because you will come in for no money. That's why. Not because they don't pay you, but because you accept not being paid. They have an offer. Here's the offer. Uh, X dollars a mile, whatever, so much to haul this box, uh, and no uh, no more pay beyond that. And you're like, okay, I'll do it. All right, well, then the first day you wait for three hours without getting paid, you're like, well, wait a minute here now. Uh, this ain't happening. All right, so you won't see me here tomorrow unless I'm getting paid. Simple as that. It's just as simple as that. Right on the heels of that is a huge pay study, which I thought was interesting. This isn't some small study where they ever... Uh, averaged a couple of trucks this is a study where they asked 20,000 uh, companies that had 20,000 owner operators and 150,000 company drivers what they make so pay is way up as we know in the last few years but here's the thing that I have always said to people nobody believes me now here's another big study median compensation for uh, over-the-road drivers is 69,687 in 2021 all right LTL drivers compensation $73,000. All right. That's what I've always said is you can make the same money and be home every day that road drivers make. You can. Now, here's a huge study, one of the biggest ones I've seen, that says, yeah, what I've always said. Studies always bear out what I say. That's how it works. But uh, their average uh, pay for private fleets is $85,000. So that's pretty interesting, too. But what I'm telling you is what I've always said. People write to me a lot and say, Mark, I don't want to I wanna don't want to be gone, I want to be home, but I want to make the money I'm making on the road. You already make that money. The LTL drivers make just as much money as road drivers, if not more. And here we're showing that, you know, the pay is very close to the same. So you can go home to your own bed, see your family like a normal person, be an actual father then instead of being one on the road, you know, from the phone or a parent or whatever you are to your kids go home and see your kids all right don't tell me how great a dad you are when you're home 20 days a year all right i don't want to hear about it uh so uh seriously because that isn't being a parent i have to support my family you can support your family a lot of ways one way of supporting them is actually showing up at their house and <laughs> talking to your kids every single day imagine that well this study proves what i've always said which is you can make the same money being home as you make being gone and so keep that in mind when you write to me and say mark i can't make any money 
because, uh, you know, I have to be gone. That is simply not the case. It is not the case out there. We see that all the time. And as we knew, of course, our friends at Celadon are back in the news. Now, I told you this years ago, and many people wrote to me and said this, of course. Federal prosecutors went, they dropped fraud case, alleging the two former executives at Celadon devised a scheme that cost the truckload and logistics company more than $62 million. I knew that they were never going to go anywhere, right? That the former CEO, uh, William Meek, and former CFO, Bobby Peevely, uh, the indictment will be dismissed with prejudice in the interest of justice. Is that justice? I don't know. I guess so, because they, like everybody else, are innocent until proven guilty. So since they've not been proven guilty in a court of law, they remain innocent, which they were to begin with. As we all are, we have the presumption of innocence. Uh, no matter what you are charged with, everybody remember that. The government has to prove you guilty before you're guilty. And so uh, the jury trial was scheduled to begin at September 6th. But you know how this stuff goes. They were indicted for making uh, false claims about the accounts and stuff like that. You know, right after their bankruptcy. So that's good. It was the largest truckload carrier in U.S. history to file bankruptcy. So in the interest of justice, we're going to just dismiss the charges. I think we all knew that was coming, though, didn't we? I kind of had an idea. But you know what? I don't think they're going to charge anybody with this kind of thing. And uh, they didn't. So there you go. They are out uh, like the rest of us. I'm sure that uh, they're probably working at McDonald's or something like that. Right? I'm sure. Remember this, starting August 14th, 2022 here, Break Safety Week starts. So get those breaks in order. We want you to be able to stop safely. This message brought to you by the CBSA. All right, this week we lost Olivia Newton-John. So that was very sad. Uh, a number of you wrote to me about that, which I'm happy about that uh, there are other fans out there. Great uh, actress, singer. So uh, we love her and we will miss her. Play some Olivia Newton-John songs for yourself this week. I think we're going to take a look at Harley-Davidson. Uh, many of you I know ride these big hogs. How about that? That's a Harley-Davidson word right there. Uh, you ride them around. <clears throat> your flat pans and shovel heads and whatever those things are. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyhow, Harley-Davidson is a little bit of trouble now. They actually have a class action lawsuit against them. Why? Well, it turns out Harley-Davidson's being hard-nosed about getting um, your motorcycles fixed at the dealer and not installing non-dealer aftermarket-type parts on the bike. And turns out that's not really legal, even though I'm not a lawyer. Let's talk about this in a non-legal sense. That's just my opinion. Now, the Magnuson Moss Warranty Act says that you can get your vehicle serviced anywhere you want. All right, and uh, you can install aftermarket parts that do not affect the operation of the vehicle without any issues. Harley Davidson kind of made it clear uh, that hey, you're going to need to get this done at the dealer, or you may not have a warranty. May not have a warranty. All right, and so what the, Harley was trying to get out of it, I think, by saying, "Well, may well, you know, it doesn't mean we're canceling warranties." Well, kind of indicates that you should get the work done there. Now, I for what it's worth, I do tell people. While you're in the factory warranty, 
not a third-party warranty, which you should never buy. But as long as you're having a factory warranty on your vehicle, you should get it done at the dealer for peace of mind because you do not want to have to fight with it, them about getting your car fixed. Especially in the first few years, really all cars need is a few oil changes or whatever, and you're good to go, right? So uh, that's a minor thing to get done, and to have it done at the dealership, what are they going to say later that you didn't get it done? At, the place you got it done was not up to, to uh, you know, manufacturer specifications. It's the dealer. So they ha they would have nothing to say about it. Now, when I sold cars, I did see this kind of thing at the foreign makes, especially Honda and Toyota were big on this. And what they did, besides making sure that you did the proper thing with the proper parts, because... If you know, even if you put an aftermarket part on, which is allowed, it has to meet manufacturer specifications and it cannot damage anything else. Okay. So also the oil has to meet, you know, JL or whatever specification, the oil S, right? S G or whatever it's up to now specifications. And they would request receipts. Also, they made sure that you did it on time. You are required to do any maintenance on time per the owner's manual you have to keep up with the owner's manual i've seen these oils on tv that say hey 20,000 mile oil or whatever you cannot go 20,000 miles and expect the car manufacturer to warranty your engine if it has an oil related problem because you are not keeping up with the schedule in the manual my ford says every year or 10,000 miles whichever comes first that's the minimum amount now i think that's too long to go on an oil change uh, 10,000 miles personally, I'm not at 3,000, but I'm at 5,000 miles or six months is what I like better. It can't hurt to get the oil changed more. I will say that it can only hurt your wallet, I suppose, but changing fluids in a vehicle, always a good idea. Never can hurt anything. Either way, if I put 20,000 mile oil in, let's say the turbo goes out at 55,000 miles and I can only show two oil changes, one at 20,000 miles and one at 40,000 miles. They're going to be like, we don't think so because you did not follow the manufacturer's specifications for time of changing the oil. You can always do it yourself. You can do it in your driveway. Keep the receipts for what you bought and the dates on it. Okay, and I would write the mileage of the car down on the receipt. And that is satisfactory proof that you did it. But uh, going beyond the time, no. But what Harley is saying or at least the lawsuit claims that they are saying is that, hey, if you don't get all your work done at the dealer, we're not going to honor your warranty. And that, my friends, is not allowed under the Magnuson Moss Warranty Act. Okay, that is and that's an old law. They have to honor the warranty as long as you've done it on the schedule, at least from the owner's manual uh, or from their website. Probably now you am sure you can ask for it. And you've used at least the parts that they specify. For instance, if it specifies SG grade oil or whatever, you have to use at least that grade of oil. And uh, if a part fails that you put on that is not a manufacturer's part, they still have to prove that the damage that you want fixed under warranty was done by that part. Okay, they can't just say, well, because you have a non-manufacturer part on your car, we're not going to honor the warranty for the rest of the car. That's not allowed. They have to prove, hey, that part you put on is why this here failed that you want warranty work on. If they can connect that, 
you're out of luck. <laughs> right? So, so we'll say this: don't buy some cheap Chinese two-dollar thing to put in your car that may screw up a turbo that's fourteen hundred dollars that would still be under the powertrain warranty that is not now because you put some kind of stupid catch can or something else on there that they feel is a problem the foreign makes do this more at least from my experience of selling cars when i would be back there and hearing people yelling at the shop or whatever was you know they were very all about making sure that the maintenance is followed the schedule is followed with the proper parts they have a strict, a lot more strict schedule of maintenance, especially Honda. But Toyota also, like, they have a special oil filter with a valve, check valve in it and stuff that's got to be used. Uh, because that's manufactured. Like, okay, our car requires this. You can buy it anywhere, but it's got to have this special valve in it. And so they're all about that. And they, I think because um, that may be why they last longer, really. If you actually follow the schedule, a lot of fluids get changed in the cars that don't get changed on American cars because it's not even in the book to ever do it. Just check it, but never change it. But Harley, uh, taking a little bit of heat, uh, as you would sitting on the bike on a summer day at a red light. Oh, look, look how I did that, and I don't even have a motorcycle. Isn't that amazing? Although I do consider myself a rider, right? Uh, learned on a LTD 440, all right, Kawasaki. And I had a KZ400 for several years. Uh, which I liked. I drove that thing from California. I drove that thing all the way to Texas. All right. And then I drove it back home. So I drove it up to Lansing, Illinois from Texas. And I drove it probably for another year beyond that. And it had little problems. All right. I, I, uh, I think I had the chain tighten one time. I would lube the chain a lot. I had that can of chain lube and got regular oil changes. It was pretty good bike. Uh, you know, the starter, oh, the electric starter went out on it, but it had a kickstart. So I just kickstarted because I thought that looked cool for the ladies. <laughs> Turns out they didn't think it was as cool looking as me because they still didn't talk to me and shun me like I was uh, Amish. So that was nice. Either way, <laughs> still, I still consider myself a rider of uh, of bikes. I've ridden some up, a few other bikes, but that's the last one that I own. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Uh, the days of uh, riding a bike. Harley really can't do that, but just be careful when you get a car or motorcycle that you follow the owner's manual for time. If it's one year or 10,000, you better have at least receipts every year or 10,000 miles for getting an oil change done. If it says change this part every two years or whatever, you better do it every two years. It's simple, and I think it's easier, especially in the first for the bumper to bumper, three year 36 bumper to bumper warranty. To get it done at the dealer, just it's only a few oil changes and it's in the system and there's not a thing they can say about it. It's done at the dealership, you know, so I just find that to be easier. Say you paid $100 extra for those three oil changes over three years. That's not a huge amount to pay uh, for a slight amount of insurance when you need an engine replaced or something like that so that they have nothing to say about it that's just a personal opinion you can get it done wherever you want but harley in a little bit of hot water which you don't want to get in more than a couple of inches of water in a harley i think now it's time to travel to iowa where we find a young man of 20 living probably in his parents cinder block basement apartment because it seems that anymore at this age, people are still living at home for some reason until they're 
I don't know, 35 now. Anyway, this uh, young upstanding citizen of the community, who likely donates much of his time reading books to orphans, is contemplating his life and he just doesn't know what to do with it. So after Sally Jesse Raphael is over, he heads down to his local convenience store, the Quickie Mart, and he attempts to purchase some beer, likely Schlitz. Well, it turns out he's 20. He gives the ID, his own ID. Duh, go get a fake ID. Hey, you ever been in college? Anyhow, uh, the clerk turns him down because he's 20 and he leaves. Well, he's not satisfied with that. Now, he could be at work that day, but his parents are supporting him. So why should he do that? Because he has lousy parents. So that night when he's has watched all the Sally Jesse Raphael rerun shows, which come on right after Donahue, he goes back to the convenience store, which is now closed. And he breaks in to the convenience store and steals the beer that he was going to buy. Ha ha, he says to himself, I've fooled them again. I'm so brilliant. And I assume he takes the beer home where he promptly drinks it and falls asleep. Well, what you may know, but he apparently doesn't know, is that many convenience stores in the United States have security cameras. And when the clerk the next day or whoever came in looks at the video footage because they're broken into or whatever and they see who it was they rewind the video footage because they remember his unique shirt he had a, some kind of red sweatshirt on with the logo it didn't say what the logo was but apparently it was unique enough where the clerk remembered it and said oh i remember that guy because it's the guy that came in today yes he was wearing the same shirt that he'd gone in there with earlier. No, plus no cover on his face. And he cut himself on the glass, they said. And they were going to DNA it. I don't know if they would DNA it for stealing a case of beer, to be honest with you. I think they just say that to make criminals think that. I just don't believe they do it. You know, maybe they do. I don't know. But the clerk identified him. Oh, yeah, this guy. And the police are like, all right, let's go pick him up or whatever. Because apparently he lives close to the store and is in there all the time. So they know who he is. Brilliant. Just brilliant. And he promptly gets arrested. Now we all have to pool our money together to support this person. Well, I'm not going to Mars for the beautiful 200 degree below zero weather. It just, this kind of thing just bothers me. Like, by allowing people to live at home like this, I don't think you're doing them any good. Okay, get them out in the world. They should have already been prepared for that in their teens so that you're like, hey, when you turn 18, you're going to need to figure something out. So let's talk about what we're going to do, how we're going to do this. Here's how you budget. Here's how you write a check. Here's how you pay your bills. Here's all, all that kind of stuff should be done. Not, oh, you can just live here forever because it's so hard out there. No, it's hard to get out there and tackle the world. Uh, not by stealing beer, all right? <laughs> parents must be so proud. And I don't know if these parents like that. A lot of parents like, oh, my nice Johnny wouldn't do that. Yeah, he would. <laughs> He's on video. He's on, And I guess another story is, if you're going to go rob a store that you were just in, maybe change your clothes and put a mask of Richard Nixon on or something like that, okay? Get some kind of brains in your head. 
this person, <laughs> hopefully they'll change their life. My, my thoughts are, I don't know if that's going to happen, but we can always hope. There's always hope for everybody to uh, change their lives. So I do think that. Of course, uh, next year, maybe he can get hired on at Western Express. Who knows? Who knows what his future holds? So that's the story for today here at Trucking Answers. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, <clears throat> get ready for Break Safety Week, of course, coming up. Don't forget about that. Be ready. Let me know if you see any extra patrols or whatever's going on at Scales this coming week. I'd love to know about it. And uh, there'll be more podcasts, so we'll talk to you on the next one.